Hello there. Thank you for taking some time out of your busy day to listen to Up in Flames. I'm your host, but more importantly, your advocate, Abby Bolt. I created Up in Flames as an effort to stoke a few fires and ignite moral courage in the workplace. The majority of my experience is as a federal employee, so that's my base. However, this mission will stretch out far beyond the federal workforce and discuss challenges and solutions for local government, private sector, and beyond. Up in Flames is made possible by you, my patrons. If you aren't a patron yet, please take a moment and visit patreon.com slash upinflamespodcast. There you will have access to behind-the-scenes footage, interesting background details not shared on here, and early access to episodes created solely for the patrons who support this effort. For less than a cup of coffee, you can be a member and support the Up in Flames tribe. My hope is to continue this mission with the support of people out there in the thick of it, those who are looking back at their time in the workplace or new folks just coming up as contributing members of a professional community, all hoping to make it a better place. Now, please, don't forget to hit subscribe. I don't want you to miss out on the other episodes. Leave a review and be sure to share this podcast with anyone you feel could benefit from it. If you have feedback or info to share, please email me at abbyatupinflames.org anytime. I would love to hear from you. Now, enjoy the episode. In this episode, I wanted to share with you guys another one of my personal experiences. It had to do with the Civil Rights Division of the department that I worked for. Now, I worked for the U.S. Forest Service, which was, was with the USDA, the Department of Agriculture. Now, you have civil rights people at your local office, at your regional office, but then you have your Washington office. And my whole career, I mean, gosh, even if it was the district level, then the regional level, but the Washington level, it was like, it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz and the guy behind the, the curtain. You know, you knew that if things went on up at the Washington office, it must be legit. If someone gave you advice from the WO, that's as far up as it could come from. So you believed in it. So a few years back, I had filed an EEO complaint dealing with some of the things that were going on in my office. Now, that whole process can really be trying. You file the paperwork, you send it off after having all these phone conversations and put a signature on it, and then you just have to wait. You have to wait and hope that they follow through on their timelines. Now, the whole time that you're waiting, things are still going on in your workplace. Nothing has changed. The only thing that changes is people find out that you've actually pushed forward and filed a complaint, and then they're frustrated with you about it, even though technically they're not supposed to be. We all know better than that. But we can talk about those things in other episodes. This is just where I want to talk to you about something that has to do with integrity and where my agency failed me. So I'm waiting and waiting. And I've sent emails to the Civil Rights Division in Washington several times, not becoming annoying, but enough to where every once in a while there would be something pretty rotten that would happen. And I would try to find out the status of my complaint to see, have they even addressed it? Are they going to be looking at it? Why haven't I heard back? But wanting to document that things were still occurring and I'm trying to follow the right steps, but I'm not getting any assistance. And I was told that, you know, to keep my eyes open, there should be a letter coming sometime. So finally, I get a notice from my post office and my mailbox out here in the country that says, you know, I've got a letter that I need to sign for, and it's from the USDA. So I thought, oh, this has got to be it. It's a registered letter. You know, this is probably from them. I got anxious because I really wanted to see what it said, because this is your life in a little envelope saying, you know, yeah, we believe in this point and we want to look into it or no, we don't accept anything that you're saying and aren't going to waste our time on you. So then I sign the little slip and it takes, you know, it takes a while. You put that little slip back and then you have to wait because my post office is very far away from where I live and it's quite the process. So the letter finally comes, I rip it open, I 
excited to see what it's going to say, see what my future entails. Am I, am I up for this long process of, of a complaint or are they shutting it down? And I skip down through all the header stuff and I start to look for the meat of the letter and I see that your complaint has been accepted. I'm like, okay, let's go moving forward. And then I start looking at all the points of the, the complaint that are accepted. So I'm reading through one after another and it's just kind of, you know, the typical mumbo jumbo and things that had happened. And then the more I read on, the more points and verbiage really didn't necessarily match up with what I remember, but it, it had been a long time. So I didn't get too wrapped around about that. And I go to the next page and then I realize that the sentences I'm reading, the things that it's referring to have nothing to do with me. Like it didn't look familiar at all. It's talking about people and places that I didn't recognize. So then I'm completely confused so I flip back to the first page and I go and I start from the very tip top and I realize that it's not even my name at the top of this letter. It's some other gal's name in another state dealing with horrible things, which sadly were very similar to mine. And I'm reading her letter, her acceptance letter, her personal details, her personal accounts. I'm reading it. It came in an envelope with my name on it. I was, I was shocked, but sadly not surprised. It was that kind of shock where you're like, man... This is believably unbelievable. You can't make this stuff up. I remember my dad was there at the house at the time, and I walked into him and I said, Dad, you are never going to believe this. All the way from the Washington office, from the Civil Rights Division, they screwed up and they put someone else's letter in my envelope. They sent me someone else's personal information. This was a big deal. This was a big letter. This was supposed to give me some really rock-solid guidance on where to go from here, and it's not even mine. So where's mine? Where's my personal information? They gave me so much, so many details about this woman's life and her complaint that never should have been sent out to anyone else. And it was the end of the week. So I decided to just sit on it for the weekend and address it once I got back to work. So time goes on a couple days and I remember I was driving and uh, I get this phone call from a, from a really unrecognizable area code and I answer the phone and it is the sweetest lady with a really thick Southern accent. And she starts saying, you know, oh, Abby, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I got your letter. And I just can't believe what, sorry, I'm giving you a little Southern twang. She had the, it was so twangy and so cute. But she goes on about how I got your letter and I can't believe what you've been through. And I'm reading all your stuff. And it is so wrong that I'm able to even read this and that they sent this to me. And she goes on and on about how she just can't believe how yada, yada, yada. And finally, I stopped her and I go, ma'am, I have your letter. And then she came unglued. Like she was unglued at one point to find out that she had someone else's letter. But then when she found out that I had her letter, someone else had her letter, it was like a whole nother slice of ridiculousness to her. And so then she came unglued. We couldn't believe it. So two different states were both holding each other's letters. So somebody obviously screwed up one of the steps when they were mailing these letters out. She was, I, it was beyond irate. She was very upset. And understandably so. I was really upset too. But I knew that there wasn't much we could do about it. I, now I was curious what the Civil Rights Office was going to do about it and how messed up things really were. But more than anything, it just, I lost this whole confidence in the system. They had already given me several reasons not to have confidence in it. But then this was just a tangible one I was holding in my hand. It was like, they can't even get the right letter in the right envelope. How can I ever expect them to really take care of my situation? So this gal and I promised to send our letters to each other. And, you know, we, want, we also didn't want to break any policy. We wanted to make sure that we kept our private information as private as we could. I, I wasn't comfortable 
you know, sending hers electronically. I didn't really know how that worked. Both of us are trying not to break any rules. So we go on to the next work day and I decided to reach out to the person who had signed the bottom of my letter. I thought, you know, go directly to the source. So what if he's at the tippy top? That's who signed my letter and that's who I'm going to reach out to. His name was Guy Moloch and I wrote to him and I said, good afternoon, Mr. Moloch. I received a letter in the mail yesterday that was somewhat concerning. I signed for a certified letter letter that was postmarked and signed by you. I've been waiting intently for some sort of communication about my recent email inquiries regarding my complaint. The envelope was addressed to me, but I was very disappointed to see the letter addressed to a missus. And I gave her information. This is not the first mailing issue that has occurred causing a setback in my case. I am sure it is causing one in hers as well. Can you please advise how I should handle this letter? Should I share it or send it back to your office? Even more importantly, I'm concerned of the whereabouts of the letter that was intended for me. Can you please have that letter overnighted to me so as to condense any further setback? Also, if someone could respond to my email inquiries, I'd greatly appreciate it. And I attached some pictures of the letter to show him what had indeed happened. Now, I didn't tell him about the conversation I had with the other gal or that she had called me. I didn't admit to him that I did know where my letter was. I was really curious to see if they would be honest with me or even be open to admitting that they screwed up or maybe just saying they didn't know. He got back to me right away. And he said, I will look into this tomorrow and get back with you as soon as possible. I apologize for the error. So he did admit there was an error. Signed, Guy Morlock, Esquire, Chief Employment Complaints Division, Office of Adjudication, Office of the Secretary for Civil Rights, U.S. Department of Agriculture. It's a pretty big title. So then several days go by. And the next week, I am tired of waiting because I've been talking back and forth with this gal. And it's kind of crickets. I still haven't gotten my letter. I said, Mr. Morlock. I've been hoping to hear some sort of communication regarding a letter from your office. I've been patiently waiting for information for several months, and to finally see a letter in my mailbox was a relief. However, I still have no idea what it says or indicates. The way the timelines work, it worries me that time is wasting as I wait for information, which, which puts me at a disadvantage. Can you please let me know what the status is? Can you tell me the location of my letter? Will there be a reprint sent out? Will someone answer my questions that I emailed in several weeks ago? What do I do about my compromised personal information? Please help. As time passes, my situation here at my workplace worsens. Now keep in mind this whole time, I do know the truth. I know that someone else has actually gotten my letter, that my personal information has been compromised. So another day goes by and he responds. Hello, Miss Bolt. In response to your most recent email, I have attached a letter from my office accepting your claims of discrimination. This is the letter you should have received in the mail. The letter informs you that once we accept your claims, the USDA is responsible for completing an investigation of the accepted claims within 180 days, which they didn't, of the date you filed your complaint. The next step in the process is that USDA-appointed investigator will contact you to begin the investigation. Once the investigation is complete, you will further be notified of your right to elect either an agency decision or a hearing from the EEOC administrative judge. Now, he did not at all address where my letter was, or talk about what had happened. So still, he didn't answer any of those questions. He just basically said, here's your letter. So I responded, thank you for this information. Can you please address my other request I sent you via email about my representation, etc.? More importantly, do you know the whereabouts of my original letter? Was it sent to someone else? Has my information been compromised? I get a reply. Good morning, Miss Bolt. In a follow-up to your most recent email, I would like to inform you that we will place in the mail today the acceptance letter I emailed to you previously. 
we were also able to confirm that your original letter never left our office. Therefore, your personal information was never compromised. Yeah, a flat out lie saying that my letter, that he can confirm my letter never left his office. Yet in my hand, as I read this email, is my letter that was scanned and emailed to me several states away. I have the proof in my hand and I'm watching this very high level Washington office attorney flat out lie to me in writing. He went on to say, however, since you received another employee's personal information via the letter we sent you, we'll include in our mailing a PII incident non-disclosure agreement that asks for your assistance in ensuring that the PII is appropriately handled. Thank you very much for your patience and please let me know if I can be of further assistance. So he flat out lied to me about my letter being with someone else and then he wants me to sign an agreement that I won't mess with any of the information that he already sent me in by mistake for someone else, that I will keep them safe. He wants me to sign off a CYA document, but he sat there and lied to me about my own information. This was the day where my jaw dropped and I thought, if at this level, at this authority, in a place where you're titled with civil rights, if you're going to lie to me like this, how can I ever expect you to actually protect me when it matters? And maybe even the worst part of that was how easily the lies rolled off his fingertips onto the keyboard. I would have completely accepted, I'm sorry, we don't know. I'm sorry it's been misplaced. We aren't sure. We'll do anything that we can to make sure that it stays safe. I would have accepted pretty much anything except the flat out blatant lie of it never left my office. I couldn't believe it. And any hope that I did have in our system was completely lost. The integrity, zero. And clearly, they're never being held accountable for things like this. So they wouldn't lie so easily. They would be a little more worried that they might get caught. But no, it came that easily to them. I want to be able to tell you that you can trust these systems. I want to be able to tell you that you can trust all the policies, but we all know that you can't always trust them. I'd really like to hear from you guys any other experiences where you caught a system or an official in a flat-out lie that really made you lose your confidence. We need to share these with each other and let others know out there that we're noticing. People are noticing. You can't just throw integrity to the wind and hope for the best. We need to be more transparent. We need to take care of each other. And we all need to choose the hard right over easy silence, which is exactly what we're doing right here with Up in Flames. It is truly an honor to serve you. Those of you who've left a review or sent an email to abby at upinflames.org, I can't tell you how much that means to me. Thank you. For behind the scene info, backstories, and content no one else is getting, check out patreon.com slash podcast. Of course, you can check out abbybolt.com for all that and much more, including several valuable resources you won't find anywhere else. Keep checking in because it will be growing and improving every day, along with my other podcast, Her Brotherhood, where we celebrate triumph over tragedy and women who put their lives on the line. Now, I bet you know someone who would also appreciate this podcast, so go ahead, hit that share button, and let's do a good thing together. I hope you have a wonderful day. And remember... Choose the hard right over easy silence.